This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, let's dive in. Late show, News Talk 830-WCCO. We got plenty of people that we'll chat to tonight. John Breen from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. little music talk. Megan Ryan, we'll talk to her. About the Minnesota Twins, Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, we'll talk Minnesota Viking football, and Jace Frederick from the Pioneer Press uh, with regards to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I appreciate you listening, and I hope that you hang out with us uh, for the next three hours here on The Good Neighbor. I actually want to start the show with a non-sports item that everybody, I think, has paid a little bit of attention to with regards to the weather and Hurricane Ian, okay? Uh, I stated it last night. I'll state it again. I'm wishing the people of Florida the best, okay? It is, it's horrible, some of the video I've seen, some of the images that are coming out of Florida, the devastation, um, the people that are impacted, affected by it. And you, you hope that the worst has passed. But I, you just never really truly know. I, I look at all these different stories and it says, Ian continues to batter Central Florida as residents cope with record flooding. That from a station in Orlando down there. So I think that we're all, at some point today, we may have seen um, a story on the web or on Twitter, social media, or you've seen it. Um, on television. And I've, I've texted a few people that have places in parts of Florida just to kind of check in with them to see how they're doing. Okay. And uh, a friend of mine, he and his wife, um, they have um, their winter place, right? And it's impacted by the hurricane, but they're not there right now. They're in, they're in Utah. They're away with some other family. So I'm just thinking about everybody down there in that region that's impacted by this. But it made me think about just kind of a weird view that I have with regards to Minnesota, okay? And if you want to weigh in on my weird view, I'll give you the phone number right now, and I'll give you the weird view here in just one second. at 651-461-9226. All right, so this is my weird view on Minnesota weather, okay? And I say weird because people forever, when I've interacted with them, and they're not from here, or even people that live here, but they're not originally from here, they will say, you're a weirdo, talking about the cold and 
all of this stuff. My weird view on Minnesota weather is that we are truly blessed. Okay? And I know that some of you will be like, what are you talking about? It gets cold as hell here. And I get that. I totally get that. But I truly do believe that we are blessed. And look, look where we are in the country, right? We're in the Midwest. Um, It gets extremely cold. But if we're talking about cold temperatures is the worst thing that we have that impacts our way of life here in Minnesota, I'm all for it. I have never, ever, ever looked at Minnesota in our way of life and thought that, other people were in much better shape. I And I know that some of you will say, that's weird, Lake, because it gets extremely cold here. I get it, but let, let me put it into this context. I lived in Kansas City, and, and, and there you have the, I wouldn't categorize it as Tornado Alley, but they get a lot of tornadoes in that region. And Kansas and Oklahoma. And, and there's a lot that goes on there. You talk about the different coast and the storms that hit Texas and hit Louisiana and hit Florida. And of course, we're not going to get hurricanes and all because of where we live. Right. You look on the West Coast, and I have a sister that lives in LA. And every now and then she'll be like, uh, I just felt an earthquake. You know, and they and they'll get some some really bad storms. So like I guess my point is is I love it here. We don't get that horrible stuff. And I know it's it's because of where we're where we're located, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I feel really really blessed. People be like, "Man, Lake, it gets like 20, 30 below." I'm like, "You know what? Layer up. I'm fine with that." And no, I don't like the whole what, what did we have a couple of years ago? It was the what did they call it when it was um when it got so darn cold? That I mean, it was like your car wouldn't even start. Oh, wasn't it like the the Arctic Clipper? Is that what? They, no, it was, know, it was it was it was it was some. Ah, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's escaping me right now. Okay, but but to me, if we're talking about the temperature being cold, is the worst thing that we typically. Have. And I'm not saying that we're immune to tornadoes. Okay. No, we, I, I mean we, I, I get, we get I our share. They're just not I, I get, as extreme. I, I get that, but at the end of the day, we don't deal with any of the stuff that Texas. That Louisiana, that Florida, and, and and I know the comeback will be, well, hold on. Outside of the really bad weather like that, they get amazing warm sun. Mm-hmm. They got the beaches and all of that stuff. My guy, thank you, Musa, thank you. The polar vortex. Polar vortex. That's okay. exact. That's see spot on. See? see my see my people got my there back. There you go. See the Lake Show Warriors got my back. Lake Show that's Warriors. exactly what I was looking little, for. Look, hey, nice. I got my click, man. There you go. Look at my, that. My see, somebody got, just said, uh, "Yep, pull a polar uh, polar vortex right there." My my dogs, they got my back. Polar vortex. Everybody, text thank it. you, thank polar you. Polar vortex, just fill thank it. Thank you. Fill it up with this the is Lake Show territory, baby. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the love. No, I appreciate that. Oh, I got man. my people listening and, and texting the you know the text line 651-461-9226. But I, I truly do think like that. I've always yeah. thought like that. You know this too. And I get it that we have machinery here in Minnesota mm-hmm. that deals with snow and yes. ice and all that yes. stuff, whatever. When you're in Kansas City, and I know it's gonna sound weird because they're only like six hours away, and I'm gonna go take a trip to Kansas City this weekend. When you're in Kansas City, 
and that little sleet and ice stuff comes through, Shut you can't down. go anywhere. Shut you you can't go anywhere. Yeah. I remember once in Atlanta, this was my junior year of, of college. <laughs> my junior year. Bro, it snowed. Yeah. And I'm like, me and my buddy, we're both Minnesotans, me and Julian, we're thinking to ourselves, we're like, we can go out here. Yeah. It's no big deal. We know how to drive. No, 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 no. No, it's You're it, talking it, about slipping and sliding yeah. and we were lucky we did not get stranded on the freeway or get in an accident. It's it's funny that you say that. Number one with the hurricanes, I moved out of Houston just right before Harvey hit. So I experienced that. I don't ever want to experience a hurricane because that was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. But when it comes to like cold weather and roads and everything, I had the same thing in Houston. Like I could not get out of my apartment complex because the roads were slicked up just a little bit. They don't have sand. They don't have anything to treat the roads. Mm -hmm. So I called in. I'm like, hey, man, I can't make it. And they're like, ah, the guy from Minnesota can't get out because it's cold. I'm like, it's not because it's cold. It's because I cannot get on the interstate to get to work. Exactly. I can't get on. I can't get to where I need to go. It's different. It's completely different. But it's – and one thing about here, Henry, too, because I know we're up against it, we also get four seasons. There are some places they don't get four seasons. And – in that respect, I think we are fairly lucky. But, yeah, I mean. That's part of my never complaining about the weather here. Mm-hmm. I get it, man. It's frustrating. When I got to leave Target Center and come back to the studio and do a post-game show or whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Yeah, it, it gets pretty darn cold if I'm not walking through the skyway. But you know what? I'll deal with it. That's the thing, I'll too. We, we, have, we have ways to work around yep. the weather. Yeah. All right, six five one four six one nine two two six. Maybe we'll get back to this a little bit hey, later. Henry, it was the polar vortex, by the, the way. The polar the, vortex. You were I know. Asking for. Man, you did not. Now you did Now he has to understand that fifteen, twenty years from now, when I'm in my walker and I'm forgetting stuff, and I'm and I and I, you know, my my memory's bad. He's got to text me. He's got to text me the answers to my certain uh, questions and stuff that I'm blanking on. Hey, coming up next, though, we're going to talk to John Breen from the Minneapolis Star Tribune because we've had a couple of. Um, concert series that will be no longer. Very unfortunate situation. The Twin Cities Summer Jam is one of them. We'll talk to John Breen from the Star Tribune. He's going to join us next year on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. News Talk 830 WCCO with some new shoes. This is such a banger. Man, this takes me back. I know, this is a classic right here. Well, you know, when we talk about music here on the show, it's always nice to catch up with John Bream from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Give him a follow on Twitter. It's at John Bream on Twitter.com. The uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune music critic and editor. He joins us now, courtesy of the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. First off, John, a pleasure to have you back on the show. Always good to be with you, H. Lake. Man, it is always fun to chat. And I wanted to chat with you tonight because... You know, when I saw this story that you, you posted yesterday, it caught me off guard. In the headline, Twin Cities Summer Jam calls it quits due to new amphitheater uh, coming to Shakopee. And it caught me off guard because from all of the people that I had talked to and from all of the stories and just all the, the, the chatter about the Twin Cities Summer Jam, is that this thing had gotten to be so successful and so many people were gravitating to Shakopee to visit and be a part of this thing, but to now see that it will no longer take place, I wanted you to let my listening audience know a little bit about what you wrote 
and just kind of the the process of, of how did we get here in terms of this no longer being a concert series? Well, what happened is the land adjacent to Canterbury Park, where they've held TC Summer Jam the, for three of the past few years, is um, they would have their campground there. And that land has been sold to a developer who's going to put up a large amphitheater, 19,000 capacity amphitheater. There's a good chance that the uh, developer will cut a deal with Live Nation, which is the world's largest concert promoter. And you just can't compete with Live Nation if you're TC Summer Jam. Live Nation has ties up all the major acts for multiple nights on big tours, and you're, you're the little guy. As the uh, CEO, Jerry uh, Brom of uh, Twin City Summer Jam put it, it's like you're a local grocery store and all of a sudden Walmart moves in across the street. Competition ain't fair. Mm. That's unfortunate. And, and like you, you in, in one of the uh, one of the quotes from what uh, he said in the uh, article that you did is that uh, from Brom is that it will not be uh, resurrected at Canterbury Park and we have no intention of bringing it any place else. What kind of went into the not wanting to pivot and do it somewhere else? They looked into it. They considered it. Um, I think they realized it's too much work to start over. You know, they build a brand, as they like to call it, over the last few years. They've got sponsors. They have fans that are loyal to it. And it would be just too difficult to move it to another location and start over. Yeah. We're talking to John Bream here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter, at John Bream. But more importantly, check out his fine work for the, uh, the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Another... Another quote there in your article uh, from Brahm is that uh, he has no hard feelings, okay, quote, toward people behind the amphitheater. Um, And I've met Ned Abdul several times. I know that he's, you know, the guy at the armory. Um, Look, I I know that Brahm is saying that there's no hard feelings, but, man, that's kind of a hard one right there. That's kind of hard for me to believe just because you've had this successful Twin City Summer Jam and all of a sudden it's going to have to go away um, look, I'll just take it at face value. and He'll say that there's no hard feelings, but that's that's kind of a heartbreaker right there. Well, I asked him how he felt about it, and he said, if you would have asked me six months ago, I, I would have felt a lot different about it than he does now. So I think they saw it coming. They were kind of blindsided by it. Um, they were, you know, planning full steam ahead. They were already negotiating. Um, Brom flew down to Nashville, met with some of the powerful agents who represent the big acts because they've always had country acts at TC Summer Jam. And they basically told them you'd be crazy to try to compete um, with Live Nation, which will move in with the, um, the amphitheater. And you're also competing with so many other things. You've got all these country festivals up in the upper Midwest. You've got casinos are booking bands. You've got the state fair booking bands. You've got the arenas booking bands. Look how many stadium shows we've had this year. Mm-hmm. So there's lots and lots of competition. And I think, you know, they just looked in the mirror, looked at their calculators and realized it's too big a climb to start all over and move to a different venue. You know, the advantage of having it at a place like Canterbury, you've got all your infrastructure. You know, you've got your restrooms, you've got your parking. All you have to do is set up the stage and the sound equipment and the booths. But there's not many other places you could go where everything is set up. Maybe the state fairgrounds. Yeah. You know, other than that, there's there's not many opportunities. 
Hey, let me ask you this, John, and I'm asking this as a novice, as somebody that's never been to one, but I've never been to an amphitheater. I've never been. I've heard it's phenomenal. Um, it's the same type of setup as like a Red Rocks, right, in, in, in Colorado, I, I assume. And I've never been there, and I've, I've heard amazing things about going there to see um, um, a concert. You being a concert goer and you being in the music business for so many years, um, what is that dynamic going to bring to the landscape of music here in Minnesota? Well, Red Rocks is special, Henry. Red Rocks is out in the middle of uh, the Rocky Mountains. It only holds 10,000 people. It's it's beyond picturesque. It's just gorgeous there. Um, We're looking at a a place twice as big. So basically, you know, you have most of the amphitheaters that have been built over the years. They have seats down in front and then general admission on a lawn in back. They're usually built on some kind of incline. So it's, it's, um, you know like a natural terrace to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's like an arena, but it's only set up as maybe a half circle or sometimes even a smaller piece of the pie if you envision it as a pie. And they all have different seating capacities. I mean, the one in Milwaukee, which I think is now uh, American Family Insurance Amphitheater, has had like four different names since it's existed. That one's huge, and that holds over 20,000. Most of them tend to be in the fifteen to eighteen, nineteen thousand range. Got gotcha. you, got gotcha. you. Well, John, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. I look forward to chatting with you again soon. But uh, thank you so much for your time this evening and joining us here on the Lake Show. Always good to be with you. Keep rocking. All right, take care. That's John Bream. Check him out on Twitter at John Bream. But more importantly, check out his fine work for the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune, the music critic and editor there at the Strip. All right, we'll take a break. Take a look at the local weather, and then after that, we'll go from one member of the family at the Minneapolis Star Tribune to another. Her name is Megan Ryan. She covers the Minnesota Twins. We'll talk to Megan coming up next year on The Lake Show. Context and accuracy matters. It does. This is not Fox News. So the last time that Megan Ryan was on this show, the producer, Christopher Tubbs, yeah, he took something she said a little bit out of context. He tweeted out inaccuracy. I didn't like it. I reprimanded him. We dealt with him. Megan Ryan was kind of like, that's not what I said. Creative I hope, liberties. I hope that he apologized to Megan for that. She joins us now on the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline. Megan Ryan from the Minneapolis Star Tribune. How are you, Megan? I'm good. I didn't mean to cause such discord among. The Lake Show producer and host. I'm surprised she'd even come back after that. <laughs> well, I didn't appreciate it. I mean, me, me and Megan, we're tight. Like, we're homies. We're friends. And I'm like, Chris, you're, you're, you're out of pocket here. I want I'm not clicks. Sean I Hannity. I'm not Hannity. No? Okay. Sorry. My oh. bad. My bad. <laughs> we laugh about it in the end, right, Megan? Yes. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this. With a famous name like Megan Ryan, how many times have you checked into a hotel or whatever just throughout the years and people have kind of given you a glance or or like they anticipated that they were going to meet the the movie actress? I don't think anyone has ever like anticipated that it was going to be Meg Ryan showing up because like why on earth would she use her real name? To like check into a hotel, you know, like don't they all like use fake names? No, but that's no, um, no, no. So people don't, don't know that. People don't know that, Megan. People expect that when I'm they sorry, when, yeah, when, just... seriously, people expect that when 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 they when they see a Michael Jordan, and I actually know a Michael Jordan, like a, like a, a real Michael Jordan here that lives in St. Paul. Like 
People just think, they don't think like that. They don't think about the A-list thing. I'm sure that maybe they didn't say it to you, but they were probably thinking, like, is this the, the Megan Ryan, the actress? Maybe, maybe. I mean, I get a lot of people that comment on my name and be like, oh, you get that a lot, or like, sleepless in Seattle, and I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I get that more often than I think. I mean, they have to be, like, incredibly disappointed when I walk up if they're expecting Meg Ryan, because we are, like, a very different human being. <laughs> like, almost, <laughs> Don't look anything alike in the slightest. So. Oh man. All right. Well, well, the Twins fall today, four to three, to the Chicago White Sox. And look, we know that we're not headed to the postseason. Um, but for the Twins fans out there that are going to watch the final remaining games of this 2022 season, uh, what should they be looking for? What should they be watching? What What should be entertaining to them as a Twins fan? I mean, really, the only thing. The only thing. Uh, because they're out of the playoffs officially as of last night, late last night. So there's no like distant hope at a miraculous recovery or anything like it's done. So really the only thing that you should be excited about is like Luis Arise possibly winning the batting title. He's about two points ahead of Aaron Judge right now for the AL uh, title. has got 315, I think is what he's hitting right now with two hits today. Judge didn't play today because the Yankees are off. And so he's at 313. So that's going to come down really like to the wire. Um, and that's like one of the only kind of things maybe Twins fans can celebrate at this point. Um, that's the only thing they can win. <laughs> so it would be like Luis Arise hopefully getting that batting title and then like possibly enjoying Carlos Correa's final games as a Minnesota Twin because it's not guaranteed he's coming back next year. Um, so this this very well could be it. Uh, so you uh, you want to soak those two things in because they they might not happen again. Who knows? You know, Luis Arise. I'm hoping that he's able to pull it off. I hope that he's able to get it done. And you're right; he had a couple more hits today and, and raised the batting average again. Um, how would you describe just kind of what he's been like the last, let's say, couple of weeks? I know that in the post game last night, he he made some comments about yeah, he's been getting a lot of DMs and and some people, you know, some some haters out there calling them trash and all that. You know, just giving him a little bit of grief, probably trying to get in his head a little bit. But how would you kind of describe his demeanor or just his approach here, the the final remaining uh, games? I think his approach has stayed pretty like even keel. I mean, he has always kind of been someone that, even if you just look at you know before he was in the batting title race. His big thing is like getting hits in any way. He was never, you know, someone that was going to bang a lot of home runs. He was someone that will drop a liner into left field, you know, or into right field, and and that's kind of what was his bread and butter um, was just getting on base with those those hits, um, which is not always like the most exciting way to do it, but it is, you know, a very a very important way to do it and a very necessary way for a team, right? So. I think like he has been able to keep an even keel because of that. He just kind of is, you know, doesn't get too caught up in it, just goes there, tries to have as good at bats and doesn't try to look at the scoreboard and see where am I, where is judge, you know, all of that. So I think he's been able to to keep it pretty well locked down. Like, you know, the DM things, uh, it was interesting. Like we talked to him a little bit about it afterwards and like he is saying the most of these bad DMs are from like opposing fans, obviously. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them, I think, stemmed from when he broke up the no-hitter for Dylan Cease with, like, two outs in the ninth in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, he got a lot of angry stuff from that and some, like, fairly unhinged stuff that was, like, you know, bordering on violence uh, against, you know, him and his family. Uh, so, like, that stuff he had to, like, report and get dealt with um, in, like, the official channels. Uh, 
But I don't know if it's more like, you know, people just, I think that's just like crazy fans, which unfortunately I think a lot of these guys have to deal with. As far as like the batting title stuff, I think like, I'm sure there's people that don't want to see him win, but I also think that he's kind of a hard guy to root against. Unless you're a Yankees fan and you want to see Aaron Judge get the triple crown, which like then fair enough. Yeah. We're talking to Megan Ryan, uh, beat writer. She covers the Minnesota Twins for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. She's joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. Give her a follow on Twitter, by the way, at the other Meg Ryan on Twitter.com. All right, so I've had a bunch of people that have said to me, well, if this team had a stayed healthy, if this person was available, if this, if that, look, I, I get the injuries thing. It, it, from your assessment and your opinion, how much did injuries impact this team ultimately and derail their season? Because clearly I understand the injuries part of it. But at the end of the day, regardless of the injuries, this team had so many opportunities, runners in scoring position, all season long, to scratch across a bunch of runs. And that continued to be their weakness from start to finish. Yeah, I think there's a plenty of things that you can point to as to like why the season didn't go the way they planned. Like the injuries are, yeah, like I, I see the side where people are like, it's not an excuse. Everybody's got injuries. Ah. Um, but I also do recognize the fact that they lost a lot of good players. Now, how they lost them and if there's something to do with how they evaluate trades and like not trading for players that are then immediately going to get injured or how their medical staff and their training staff are helping these injuries along and healing them so they don't become long-term things. Like, okay, those are all things that, yeah, you can kind of look at at the injury thing. But the fact of the matter is, is when you don't have your best players on the field, it's going to be real hard to win the games you need to win and to get to the playoffs. Um, But that wasn't the only thing that was the problem. I mean, like a lot of the big things for me were, you know, the inconsistencies. It just never really felt like all of the, like, engines were revving at the same speed at the same time, you know, like when the hitting was doing really good, the bullpen was atrocious and was like blowing games late. And when the bullpen kind of finally got on the same page, the hitting really stalled. Um, And then the base running kind of throughout the season has been not good. Uh, There's been a plenty of situations that have happened where a guy could have scored or a guy could have, you know, helped there be a hit or not end the inning. And they, you know, make a dumb decision to send someone home or they, you know, try someone tries to steal in trips or whatever. Like there's a lot of things that have happened that year, this year, when it comes to that. Um, and those are some of the fundamentals that I think need to like really improve for next year. So, yeah, I mean, there is a lot of things that could be better. And there's a lot of like coulda, woulda, shoulda when it comes to this point in the season and you're not making the playoffs for the second year in a row. Um but I do think that the injuries is a tough thing to get around. And I also get that people don't want to use that as an excuse. But yeah. to me, it's kind of hard to, to not acknowledge it because, yes, every team has injuries, but not to the extent that this team had. This team had a lot. Maybe I'm a little bit too um, um, overly optimistic about the prospects of Correa coming back. But I, I just it seems like he liked being here this year, uh, some of the the quotes that you that I've read from 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 you know from all of you guys that cover the team, it just seems like there is a possibility that he could return here and and be a member of the Twins um, beyond this season. W- w- where do you think the percentages lie? I, I don't 
You know, that's kind of a hard one to gauge because we, you know, I, I don't want you to try to, or I shouldn't be asking you to try to get inside the mind of a Carlos Correa. But at the end of the day, what, what do you think are the prospects for possibly him returning to Minnesota? Um, you know, that's such a hard question because yeah. there's like cynical me and there's like optimistic me, and we're two very different people on any given day. So, like, I, I can truly see both sides of the situation. I mean, he. He gave a very interesting quote today, which I don't know if you saw because it like just happened like an hour ago. Um, but obviously all the TV people are here because it's their last time getting any of these guys before they uh, depart at the end of the season. And so they're wanting to talk to Carlos and asking about, you know, have you made a decision yet? And have you talked to anyone and all this stuff? And like the like short version of that is like he hasn't made a decision yet. Um, he hasn't really had any serious talks with the Twins or anything. He just wants to get through the end of the season before he starts focusing on that. But it kind of came up like, well, what is it going to take? Like, what do you think it'll take for the twins to like make you an offer? You can't refuse essentially. And he gave this pretty fire quote, which is on my Twitter. If anyone wants to go see, but it was like, you know, when I go to the mall and I go to the Dior store, apparently he's a big Dior fan, but he's like, when I go to Dior and I see something I want, I ask how much it costs and I buy it. He's like, if you want something, you go out and get it. And so I'm the product. If they want me, they have to come get it. Um, And so he kind of, put the onus back on the twins, which is interesting because technically the onus is on him because he's the one with the contract that has the opt-out. It's a player opt-out. So he's the one that can decide he doesn't want to come back next year or 2023 or whatever it may be. Um, But I think he was kind of saying like, if the twins pony up and give me a long-term deal, which is what he wants. And if you're looking for a ballpark, like Corey Seager shortstop last year went from the Dodgers to uh, the Rangers got a 10-year, $325 million, I think, mm. dollar deal, something like $30 million a year. So that's the kind of deal he's looking, 7 to 10 years, you know, 30-ish million a year. Like, that is what he is expecting and wanting. Um, now, yes, he makes $35.1 million a year with the Twins this season and then potentially 2022 and 2023, but he doesn't just want three years. You know, he wants a big long-term security. He said that on a couple of different occasions in a couple of different ways. So I don't think it's out of the question that should the twins, you know, put up that money that he would, you know, just like outright be like, no, I want to go somewhere else. I'm not interested. I think he would seriously consider it. Um, but then it kind of, it's interesting because it, it kind of spins it back on the twins who have never been huge spenders notoriously. Um, and their payroll is not as large as many of the others <laughs> in the league. It's about average. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what it comes down to. I do agree, though, like, as you said, I do think he likes it here. It's not like he is, like, you know, not leaving the door open or not saying that, like, should the money be right, he would not come back just because he hated it. Like, he likes it here. Everything that I've heard is, like, his family's happy here. Um, He's got his wife and his in-laws and all the dogs and his son. Um, All are, you know, here and happy. Um, They actually have another baby on the way this off season. So like maybe not moving around right when the baby's doing spring training is something that's appealing as well. Um, you know, they've got, uh, they've got a lot of like where he's got a lot of um, connections in the clubhouse. He's built a really strong partnership with Byron Buxton in terms of leadership. He's mentoring Jose Miranda, who was a fellow Puerto Rican of his. And like, that's kind of been a relationship I think he's really enjoyed and treasured. Um, 
and he's been a voice in the locker room. He's been someone that's been respected and looked up to. And I think in Houston, not that he wasn't a big name and a big player, but that's a team that's got a lot of big names and a big players. And he grew up there essentially. So he's kind of always, you know, one of the younger guys. He all of a sudden came here and was like looked at as a leader. And I think he really enjoyed exploring that part of it. And he was talking to a couple of us in the media the other day, just um, off the record, kind of front map off the record, but just like a casual conversation. Yeah. And he was saying, like, I really liked the idea or the opportunity I've had to come here and have show people who I am. Because in Houston, it was kind of, I was known as one thing, or people saw me, you know, in terms of the scandal, and I was like this or that or a cheater or whatever. Um, and, or they saw me as just like, you know, a competitor on the field, and nobody really I felt kind of knew who I was beyond that market maybe. And so now I've got to come here and I feel like I've been able to really show who I am. And that's been really nice. Um, So I do think he likes it here. Um, And I, I, he's got strong friendships in the clubhouse and I know that everyone in the clubhouse loves him and would like him to stay. And I'm sure the front office and the the manager and everybody would like him to stay, but I, it's going to come down to the money and the deal. If the money and the deal are good enough, I think he could stay. But if it's, not what he's wanting, then he's probably going to go. Um, and yeah. that is kind of the cold hard truth of it. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And it's going to play out within a couple of days of the World Series ending. So yeah. everybody buckle up, I guess. Give her a follow on Twitter, at the other Meg Ryan. But most importantly, check out her fine work for the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Megan Ryan joining us, Talking Twins here on News Talk 830 WCCO. Thank you for joining us here on The Lake Show. No problem. Thank you. All right. Take care. That's Megan Ryan joining us here on The Good Neighbor. All right. We'll take a break. Come back. Wrap up the hour. Next. All right. Rest in peace to Coolio, who passed away at the age of 59 yesterday. Sounds like he was visiting a friend and ended up going into cardiac arrest, it sounds like. Uh, It'll still take a little bit more time for us to kind of get to the bottom of it and the specifics of what took place, but... But this was a classic right here. Man, play, man, bump this up a little bit. And, you know, I was at the stadium last night at Target Field, and the, the um, I'm, looking at my, I'm looking at Twitter, and I'm looking mm-hmm. on my laptop, and I see the news breaks. I saw it via TMZ. I'm not sure where you saw okay. it first, but I saw it via – they typically have the breaking news with the celebrities and the entertainers and all that stuff, whatever – but I saw that, and I was like, wow. And we have lost a lot of hip-hop artists, man, in the last couple of years. Like, way too young. Some of the stuff has been violent. Some of the stuff has just been, like, illness. But way too many hip-hop artists, 59 years old, man. Yeah, and it sounds like there wasn't any foul play. Like, Yeah, so, that's I what mean, I'm saying. The whole, yeah, the whole they, they, they think that it was cardiac arrest. Yeah, and, I mean, it's just it's it's kind of scary because you think about – just he was just on tour with the I love the nineties. I mean, that was his last show. Ironically, we'll get to it a little bit later on in Cypress, Texas. That I used to live in when I was in Houston. Cypress is a uh, it's a suburb in the northwestern part, and I mean, he was traveling with you know a bunch of the the novelty nineties acts, and I mean, out on the road, and now it's like poof, it's gone, and and it's yeah, this one this one stings. This one this one hurts. And at some point, we have to play Fantastic Voyage. At some point. Oh, I've got it. Because the Twins played it multiple times last Did night. Did they? And I they played it multiple correct. times last night. Yeah, they, they started bumping a lot of Coolio, didn't they, right yep. after? 
Cool. Yep. Good for them. Yep. Good for them. All right, coming up next, our next guest, Jace Frederick from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Let's talk some Timberwolves basketball. It's been a big week. Media day. We'll talk to Jace next on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 